Hey Achievers, this is Maya, founder of Healthy High Achievers. Join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy. Let's get to it. Hey people, welcome back to the Healthy High Achievers podcast. Today we have Paul Crosswell with us. He's a life balance coach who loves diving into mental health and leadership. He's coaching busy professionals just like you and I to help them thrive personally and professionally. Paul has written a book as well called Life Balance, and it's a workbook. I love workbooks. (laughs) Now, Paul had me on his podcast a while back, and I loved our chat so much that I decided to just bring him over to help us become healthy high achievers. Welcome, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was amazing how when I talked on your podcast, there were so many things that happened in my life that I was talking to you about that you could relate to and vice versa. So for example, yeah. chronic pain. And um, yeah. I can see how your health issues, this is just me assuming, your health issues must have trained you naturally to bring balance in life, right? So I'm just going to let you yeah. tell us what happened and how did that lead you into coaching about life balance? Yeah, 100%. Um, it, it's, so I have something called sickle cell anemia and it, it essentially means my red blood cells are shaped in a sickled shape. If, if you can picture that. And ultimately what that means is that it's easy for it to cause blood clots Hmm. and the blood clots lead to, to chronic pain. And so this is something I've been navigating my entire life at this point. And the reality of it, you know, in my life, or at least my experiences, everyone's experience is a little bit different, even if they have the same thing. But for me, it's triggered by stress, it's triggered by overexertion. Um, and anything that most of the things that, that would categorize the life of a, a high achiever would probably trigger, <laughs> mm. trigger sickle cell and, and chronic pain for me. And I worked uh, for, for a few years in a very demanding role, lots of meeting, busy schedule, lots of traveling. And I had to figure out how to manage my health in such a way and get really, really intentional to where I can balance my health along with everything I had going on in life, at work, you know, my, my marriage, all of that together. It's kind um, of so like it, your body was punishing you literally when you were being like an exhausted overachiever, your body would say, go like, no, like there was a very clear oh, yeah. consequence for you. Oh yeah. And that's exactly how I'd put it uh, to my wife or, you know, when, when folks would ask me about it, I would say like, I have a very tangible response to stress that is unhealthy for a lot of folks. When you're, when you're stressed, it's, some of it, you know, is very much tangible, but a lot of it is, it's really intangible and, you know, you get tired or you don't really engage as, as well. You're not thinking mm-hmm. as, as sharply, but for me, I could very easily end up in the emergency room or in the hospital, you know, on an IV with very strong medication to mitigate the pain all because I allowed myself to get to a certain point in stress and not, not, you know, didn't manage that well. And so, for me, the lesson really just was taking the years of experience, you know, so I'm 30 now, uh, you know, about to be 31 and taking the years of experience I have 
in navigating sickle cell in my daily life and maintaining health mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and putting all of that into a system that allowed me to function at my highest to accomplish the many things that I've accomplished and yet not, you know, allow my body to, to punish me for doing it. Um, because it really does function almost like a leash, whereas like you, you're, you're going, 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 not listening to your body. And then your body goes up and pulls the leash and you're just kind of in a chokehold. You know, you're just kind of, kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop now because <laughs> I have to, not because I want to. Yeah, uh, that is, that's probably to. the abbreviated version. <laughs> yeah, because you have to, not because you want to. And I get that feeling. Um, you know that you heard my story, you know, just yeah. being feeling like your body's kind of your enemy at that moment, um, not having a good friendship with it because it's stopping you from doing all these things that you want to do. And that's frustrating. So now you have yeah. a system, you've created a system, you like in a very empowered way, you bring that to other people. But I... Like, was that always like that? Were you always in there with that mindset of, I will create a system and I will deal with this? Or what was it like? Because you've had it, you said that you had it from when you were little, right? Yeah, I was diagnosed at uh, six six months old. I was diagnosed with sickle cell. And to, to give a picture of the severity of it, growing up, you know, between, I want to say maybe third grade and 12th grade, I would be in the hospital almost every three months, like clockwork. And by in the hospital, I mean, in the hospital for about a week, uh, you know, on just on, you know, an IV medication and everything to, to manage and mitigate the pain because of this, you know, physical strain of just being, being a, a kid, you know, being, being a teenager and doing regular kid mm. and teenager stuff that would put exertion on my body. And, to answer the question, no, it was not always that way. I didn't always have a, a system or a structure. It was kind of a um, touch and go, learn on, you know, on the job kind of response of, oh, when I do this, it triggers it. So mm -hmm. I need to be very mindful of either how I do that thing or how often I do that thing, if at all. Um, and over time, you know, the older you get, the more you you kind of systematize at least for me the, old, the older I got the more I systematized the processes to okay well if I'm doing these kinds of things this is kind of the, the setup I need in order to do that well yeah and maybe this is a difficult question because you grew up with it you get to know your body through the years and as a teenager and so on in your 20s um, but maybe there are some things that you're aware of now or not aware of that you say, you know, this is what I've learned. When I do this, I know that that will happen. And this is kind of how I avoid this. <laughs> Can you give an example yeah. of that? No, absolutely. Um, so for, for example, if I have an overwhelming schedule, and I mean, so I generally, you know, I'm going to bed at around nine, I'm getting up at around five. Uh, if I am going from 5 a.m. until, you know, 8 p.m. before I start to wind down, I'm just back to back meetings, I'm going from place to place. And that is just my week, like it's built in there, it's just full. And I'm not mindful of building in any breaks or staying hydrated, you know, making sure that I'm caring for my mental health. So like my mornings, for example, I from 5 a.m. to about 830 I don't interact with anyone or really anything outside of my wife. 
and my morning routine because mm-hmm. that's my mental health care. If I don't do that, my entire day is thrown off. <laughs> and so if I, if I skip that for a week and I'm just kind of full and busy, by the end of the week, my body will remind me very, very much so that I did. And sometimes it's as simple as because of the, exhaust, the exhaustion of my body, I could be standing in a funny way or sleeping in a funny way. And because my body's already tired, it causes a clot. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm limping for a week because I'm in pain or something, you know, or I'm in the ER. So it's there. I I can give you a lot of examples like that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Are you able to recognize that now? Like the moment when you're like playing with your boundaries and saying, if I go any further, I end up at the hospital. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, there, so there are mornings for example, where I'll wake up and I'll, I, you know, maybe it's my lower back or my knee or something. And I'll, you know, there's a certain feeling that I get before there's actual pain. I don't know if you, if you, if you get this at all, but you can almost feel it coming on, uh, or it, it's, it's an ache before it becomes really kind of an acute pain. Um, and I know in that moment, I can either you know, lay in bed a few minutes longer, allow my body to adjust and then take it slow. Or I can say, no, I need to stay, you know, I need to stay to my schedule and I have to get up now because I have things to do and I have places to be and I can't be behind and push it. But in pushing it, I know for certain that I'm risking a crisis. Anytime, you know, a sickle cell, an individual with sickle cell ends up in pain, we call that a crisis. And so I can end up in crisis just from, from making that decision and pushing it um, as opposed to just taking a few, you know, five, 10 minutes extra and just laying there and resting for a little bit and allowing my body to adjust. Um, and so in moments like that, I can, I can pick up on it. Yeah. And so I know that with chronic disease or chronic pain, it's hard to one first listen to the body and be like, okay, this are, this is a signal I'm going to stop. So deciding to stop. And then secondly, you have to tell other people like cancel appointments or cancel things with people saying no, which is a hard thing to learn. And it's also probably very difficult for the clients you work with. It must be an issue that comes, that topic must come up all the time. How do you help people? How did you learn to do it? And how do you help others to say no? Yeah. So in my, in one of my previous roles, you know, I worked, I was a student ministry pastor at a fairly large church. And so I, I had lots of appointments, counseling and things like that. And in, in that role where every, you know, everything was in person for the most part, I had a lot of that where, you know, one week I, I'll be out sick and, you know, my, my assistant, my ministry assistant would have to reschedule appointments and everything. And when I first started to experience that, it was for me because of my personality type. It was deeply heartbreaking. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't just a, a disappointment, like oh no, you know, I think I'm letting, I think that I'm letting him down, or whatever the case is. It was this this deep, deep heartbreak for me because most of the people I was working with were students, and you know, there there's a level of vulnerability that you're trusted with. You know, when when young adults or teenagers are coming to 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 you know help them with anything, um, and so 
there was this, it was, it was a really difficult thing to deal with. I'm not sure how else to put it, uh, but it, it was heartbreaking. And over time, as I adjusted to that role and the schedule and, you know, listening to my body, I figured out that if I, if I didn't care from, for me, if I didn't care for my body and pause and, and invest that time, whether it's just take a day instead of waiting until I need to take a week, then really it's me doing a disservice to them, uh, mm-hmm. kind of preemptive to having to cancel as opposed to, you know, being preemptive and taking that day and not waiting for it to get so bad. Um, and over time it was, it, because of the relationships that were developed, it made it easier to say, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry. I can't be there in person, but I could, I could take a phone call. You know, I, I can, I can totally talk to you while, while I'm laying here, sitting here, you know, wherever I was, but now most of my appointments are, are, you know, virtual. A lot of my, I'm in South Carolina uh, in the U S and a lot of my clients are just, you know, dispersed throughout the country Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of my, my client now, my client meetings are virtual. So I don't experience too much of that. Um, it's very, very rare, but it still happens sometimes. Yeah. Thanks to the world of Zoom and uh, everything we started getting used to after COVID, right? All these online meetings and online encounters. Is it since COVID yeah. that you're seeing clients online? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it's. I mean, it shifted everything for, I think, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was for the better because, you know, coming out of 2020, uh, late 2020s, when I really kind of stepped into coaching more full time, you know, I released my book actually at the end of 2020. Um, and so that was when everything for me was kind of ramping up in terms of coaching and, and beginning to build a clientele and everything. So it started uh online i guess you could say in terms of coaching prior to coaching it was more you know counseling meetings and team meetings and things like that but coming out of it basically everything is virtual you know i might have a few clients in state where i see them locally at a starbucks or something but Mm -hmm. generally everything else is virtual yeah and so just like you said with that saying no it's if you don't say no to something today or cancel or change your plans or schedule those empty moments but if you haven't and your schedule's full for the week well you're gonna have to make tough choices because if you don't and that counts for anyone if you don't then it will only be worse the next day or the day after or you might get sick next week you know the body does yeah protest in some way because your clients might be like oh you know but I don't get that clear signal for my body sometimes I don't even feel it Uh, well for you it's a very clear signal so what do you say to those clients who are like you know but I keep going going and I don't even notice that I'm crossing the line yeah I think the key to to what you just said there is I don't notice and there are ways to help ourselves to notice before we get to that point. And that was my biggest focus when I was on this journey of, of doing research for life balance and for my book. Um, so my book is really based around uh, building your life and you know, you're planning around your life around these four key areas, right? Your personal life, family life, social life, and career life. I call those the four key areas of life because every every responsibility you have, every relationship you have, every task you know that demands your time and attention 
can be fit into one of those four key areas, personal, family, social, and career. And when we end up in, in crisis in general, not just you know, sickle cell crisis, but just in general as, as people, when we end up in crisis, what, what happens is that we have been either overlooking or completely neglecting one or more of those areas for a long time or for longer than we should have. And so problems develop in that area. So for example, you might say, well, you know, right now it's a very busy season at work. And so your career life and maybe your social life uh, is just really, really demanding because you're spending a lot of time at work. And so after work, you're spending a lot of time with coworkers to, to continue to do stuff. But then what's happening is you're overlooking your personal life, right? So any kind of self-care um, and you're overlooking your family life, right? So any familial relationships you have that require your time, your attention, your focus in order to nurture it and, and maintain, you know, some, some semblance of health in it, you're overlooking it. And if that happens for an extended period of time, you can be certain that a crisis, you're going to end up in crisis in one or more of those areas. And when that crisis event happens, you know, everything goes on pause. Now, all of a sudden, instead of systematically, you know, finding ways to maintain those things across the board, now you have to pause everything, whatever progress you were making at work comes to a halt because you need to give time and attention to rebuilding in your family life. Uh, whatever progress you were making in your social life comes to a halt because you need to give time and attention to your personal life, you know, to rebuild your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, and so on. And so if you can find a way to keep track of your personal family, social, and career life and your overall planning, then you're, I mean, it sets you apart from really, I, I want to say 99% of everyone else who's, who's living a high achiever lifestyle. And that, that was actually the premise for not just my book, but the workbook that goes along with it and the planner that's designed specifically to help you do that. I saw a planner. I saw that on your website. I'm like, I love workbooks yeah. and I love planners and I can't wait to dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> but is that what the workbook kind of helps you to do? focus on those four life areas and how to bring balance to them? Yes. So the, the way it's designed, it's really helping you to move towards a goal. And it's using this, this principle of, you know, a healthy life balance or a life balance approach to move you towards that goal. So you might say, you know, well, my goal is life balance. Well, as a coach, this is where my coach hat comes on. I might push back a little and say, well, your goal isn't necessarily life balance. Your goal is a higher quality of life. And what that means is, you know, healthier relationships. It means healthier work, you know, work life in terms of just the time and effort you're putting in at work and what you feel you're getting from it, a healthier social life. And it certainly means a healthier personal life where you're caring for yourself better. And so that's really the goal. The goal isn't necessarily life balance. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a higher quality of life, but life balance is what enables you to experience a higher quality of life. And so the way the workbook is designed is that you, you, know, you select your goals and then it walks you through how to use the life balance approach to reach your goals. Um, and then the planner is uh, similar, but it's, it's really, it's a planner, but it actually allows you to track your life balance as you're planning. So you're able to select, you know, this responsibilities in my personal life or family life or social life. 
And then at the end of each week and at the end of each month, you can kind of tally up your balance and see visually where you're giving a lot of your time and attention and some of your best energy and decide if there, there's a necessary change before it gets to a point of crisis. Mm, interesting. And yeah, like you said, you know, the goal, when you say, okay, the goal is life balance, and then you think further, right? So what's the real yeah. goal there? And why are you craving life balance? There must be something that's out of balance or, or pressuring you or giving you a lot of stress that makes you have that thought of, oh, I want more life balance, right? So that's why you're saying that's right. you need to dig deeper. And that's where this workbook is great for now. You say that you have a planner. Yeah. And I saw a chapter in your book that says, stop planning. And I was so intrigued. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, but I'm so intrigued because I'm like, will it be about, you know, I sometimes talk about planning um, empty spaces, right? To listen to your body. Will it be about, you know, yeah. not planning too much? <laughs> now, I live in Peru, you know that, and like, pe people don't plan here. So I'm very intrigued by that chapter. Can you give us like a sneak peek behind the scenes of that chapter sure that's actually one of my favorite chapters in the book because okay. I, I had so much fun writing it um i love it's, the it's titles not... by the way the titles are just they're great i love them <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so it, it's not about uh not planning in terms of using a plan or anything like that it's specifically in regards to goals so uh, the the challenge i give to, to folks who are reading the book is stop planning your goals and start mapping your goals. Because mapping your goals is a very different activity than planning your goals, right? Um, so I, I use the, the example of, you know, a, a, a plan or a task, right? Is something like, you know, when I get home, I'm gonna wash the dishes and, you know, watch TV. And those are tasks. Those are things you, you want to get done. I'm going to check the mail and then go inside and wash the dishes. Those are things you want to get done. A goal, on the other hand, is a destination you want to get to. It's, a, it's a, a point in life where your life experience is slightly different than it is now, where you're living differently. Um, and so I see a goal as a destination. And so you want to map your way to your goal as opposed to plan. So, and when you're mapping your way to anywhere, uh, there are a few things that are very important, right? So you want to know where the final destination is. Have, you want to have clarity on that. You want to know what the terrain between where you are and where you're going is like. So is it going to be hard? What parts are going to be hard for you? What parts are going to be easy? What parts are you already familiar with? And what parts maybe you've never dealt with before? It's like if you're looking at a map and you're like, well, I've never scaled a mountain before and there are a few mountains between me and my destination or I've never crossed a river before and you know there are a few rivers. When you have this clarity as you're on the journey, you're almost, you're not almost, you're anticipating the difficulties that'll come. And so when you're not caught off guard by them, you have the perseverance to actually continue as opposed to what most people do is give up. And mm. that's why when you look at the percentages of folks who give up on their uh, New Year's resolutions, for example, you know, I think the percentage is something like 98% of people mm -hmm. by like two weeks or something like that give, you know, they give in on their New Year's resolutions because it hits a point where you're like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting this to be difficult or mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting for life to continue in addition to my goal. Um, and then, you know, you have uh, what I call the true north, 
right? So you have the destination, you have the terrain, uh, the mile marker is important. That's your measurement to be able to tell, am I getting closer? Am I getting further away? Right. You got to be able to measure that because if you set a goal, for example, of, you know, writing a book and you have no way of figuring out when you're getting close to finishing after a while, every day, if you're writing consistently, you're going to begin to get discouraged because you keep doing work and work and work. And you have no way of telling if your work is paying off, mm. if you're moving towards your goal. And so it's important to be able to measure the distance between, you know, where you're going, where you are and whether or not you're closing that gap. And then finally, and this is the most important, I think, is the true north. And this is the, the reason for pursuing the goal in the, in the first place. This is the thing that keeps you from getting lost on, on any map, digital or physical, you have this uh, compass and it points to where true north is. And that's very important. Ask anyone who uses the map, mm -hmm. um, again, even if you're using your phone, because it, keep, it lets you know where your orientation is, where you're headed, and if you're headed in the right direction. And that, that is all about what is, what is true to you. Like, are your goals reflective of what you genuinely desire? Or is it reflective are they reflective of what maybe society is telling you you should want? Because if that's really where you're getting your goals from, then you won't have the energy to persevere when it gets difficult because it's not something you genuinely want. Um, and so that, that's, for me, the importance of mapping your goal as opposed to planning your goal. Yeah, and just when you said, like, do you really want this goal? You know, an, an example that we can all think of is like hitting the gym, right? Yeah. Why do you want to go to the gym? Just because you think you have to or because you want to, right? So will that's you right. enjoy going to the gym or are you just doing it because you think that's the way to get fit? But there are so many other ways. So um, yeah. the true north, I love that. Now, what is your next goal now? <laughs> <laughs> that Wow, that is a great question. Um, what is my next goal uh, well, my, I'll tell you the goal I'm currently working on, which I guess technically is my next yeah. one because I haven't attained it yet. Um, I'm, I'm looking to expand my practice. So as of right now in my coaching practice, it's, it's, you know, I'm the primary and sole owner and coach. And so I'm coaching a lot of folks, but my goal is that I'd be expanding this practice and add on two or three additional coaches uh, to work alongside me and broaden our clientele base. That's, that's where I'm aiming right now. Nice. Next step. You know, when you go from you, just you being your own business and then expanding, that's exciting. Yeah. What's yeah. the true North behind that goal? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I, I have a personal de desire and this is a, a really big part of the mission and vision behind my, my practice I genuinely desire to help people experience life the way I feel we are all designed to experience life. And that's life to the full, like just have a truly full and fulfilling life. I, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to me, you know, when, when you see someone where the, the joy of life has, if you, know, if you look into their eyes, you can tell the joy of life has, has been drained out of them. Like they, mm -hmm. there's no joy in anything anymore. It's just responsibility and tasks and to do. And, you know, you kind of go, go, go. And it, it's there for me, it's like dying slowly on the inside and you're just kind of existing. You're not, you're not living, you're not enjoying life. 
And I, I also believe that people who are enjoying life create a better environment for other people. And so I want to help as many people as possible to get to that place where they are genuinely enjoying life. They're living the fullness of what life has to offer for them, because those are the folks that are happiest when they're teaching our children, when they're flying our planes, when, you know, they are, when they're hosting podcasts, when they're building their businesses and, and working with their employees or with their employers, those folks who are happy and fulfilled, they create happy and fulfilling environments. And I want to create more of that. Yeah, spread that energy, lift each other up. Beautiful. And I just love today's chat. And I wanted to have you on because I just feel like those similar journeys, like you and I have yeah. learned how to create balance in life and listen to our bodies in a very yeah. harsh way. You know, our bodies were literally like screaming at us, which shut us down if we dared to cross that boundary. And now yeah. we're both just passionate about passing that on because we learned it from a very young age. For me, it was from my teenage years. For you, it was even earlier. But we have that in us, you know, it's just, we had to, we had no choice. And now other people yeah. now who come to us, who want to bring that balance in life, they have a choice, you know, it's their choice of, hey, Paul, you know, I want to work with you because I need more life balance. And then Paul goes yeah. like, okay, so why do you want more life balance? <laughs> and you dig deeper and you coach, That's you right. just help people. So it's kind of lifting each other up. And, and yeah. if we have a skill that we've grown up with that is important to other people, we pass it on. And I think everyone should do that. When you talk about when people live their passions, right, or their purpose, or just happy about what they're doing, that's really what it's about, passing it on to other people and lifting each other up. So I'm yeah. super happy, Paul, that you are on today. I am going to buy your workbook, Life Balance. Um because I love workbooks, like I said, and I just, you know, very interested in this topic always. And um, I think uh, everyone should just, you know, journal about it, write about it. And if you get yeah. stuck, um, ask Paul for help because you can only journal or workbook yourself um, until a certain point, but then you need to dig deeper. And there's nobody better than a certified coach like Paul here to help you with that. So thank you oh, thank so much. You. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people contact you? Uh, so the best place to find me is just my website. And it, it's literally my name, paulwcroswell.com. That's P-A-U-L-W-C-R-O-S-W-E-L-L.com. Um, and from there, you'll be able to find all of my social links, all of my, you know, all the resources, uh, everything will be able to will be there for you so perfect you i'll make sure to put it in the description in the show notes and this was just a very lovely chat thank you so much paul thanks so much for having me i really enjoyed this absolutely take care hey achievers i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did recording it please 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 subscribe and review my podcast it would mean the world to me see you in the next episode